Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform and Repeat. This is a podcast on high performance. It will be presented by myself, David Clancy, and my two co-hosts, Connor Gavin and Kieran Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, enjoy. Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 48. Today we spoke to Keelan Darris, professional rugby player, Mayo Bourne, former captain of Blackrock School, which is the most successful school in Irish rugby, former under-20 Ireland captain, current Leinster number eight, and now a fully-fledged Irish rugby international, having just made his debut against Scotland in the Six Nations in February 2020. In this episode, Keelan talks about his injury past, weekly schedule, training regimen, and recovery strategies. We touch on how he prepares himself for big moments and the mental feelings that come with big games and his strategies for these meaningful moments. It was fascinating to hear Keelan talk about what really has been a remarkable acceleration through the school system to the world-renowned academy at Leinster and then into the senior set of provincially and in Europe. Listen to Keelan talk about how to make an impression in a very successful team environment rich with high performance culture. He really has let his rugby do the talking. We kept this episode until the Six Nations, 2020, although we met and interviewed Keelan back in September of 2019. He made such an impression on us as a person and as a professional that we both figured he'd be an Irish international soon, and we wanted to keep this episode until that moment. Once he left the recording studio, Kieran and I said to each other that there goes a special player. Now, Keelan Darce is starting and playing for Ireland. He'll own that jersey for a long time. There was so much to take away from this episode, from key themes such as adaptability, humility, leadership, and mindset. If you'd like more information on this episode or any of our others, check out our website at www.sleepeatperformrepeat.com. Please subscribe, share, rate and review, but most importantly, listen and enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Sleepy Perform Repeat. I'll pass you over to David, who's going to introduce you to our guest today, which is Keelan Darris. So we're both really looking forward to speaking to Keelan. Thanks very much, Keelan, for coming in today. For all you listeners, um, Keelan Darris is someone that's very much synonymous with all the stories we'd like to have started this podcast with, such as success, leadership, captaincy, winning, and adaptability. He has really accelerated in a professional rugby career to have feature with Leinster at the start of the season already. But prior to that, right the way back to school in Black Rock, he won the Leinster School's Senior Cup. He's captain Black Rock. He's captained Ireland under 20s, featured in a couple of championships with Ireland. And he's really pushed through the academy system in Leinster, obviously with their culture and high performance and winning. So there's so many themes we're looking forward to hearing from, from Keelan, the man from Black and Ballinat today. So, Keelan, thanks for coming in today. How's life and what are you doing these days? Oh, good. Yeah, thanks for that. That's some introduction. <laughs> My head will be blowing up. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Uh, we have a day off now with a Friday game. Um, so, yeah, glad to be in here rather than out there with the weather. Um, trained it yesterday and picked up a bit of a cold, so excuse the voice. Um, but yeah, happy to be here. 
So just just tell the guys that maybe aren't so familiar with what that week could be. So you played your first game of the season last week, and kind of kind of what happens after that game for the week after it. Yeah, so well, I'll bring you back to the start of preseason this year. Obviously, with the World Cup, it's a much longer preseason than usual. And um, the league started, the Pro 14 started just last weekend, the end of September, whereas last year it was the end of August. So it's much longer preseason. We had a few breaks thrown in there, um, which was actually nice. We got, uh, I got to go to California earlier on in the summer. I was saying to you lads there, I'm going back again in a couple of weeks. So uh, then got to go to Spain and we had a trip to Canada as well. So long preseason but lots of breaks um which was nice and then yeah as you said first game of the season there on saturday against Treviso. um it's a tough game they've come on a lot in the last couple of years um you probably three or four years ago you might have thought as the italian teams as kind of pushovers or the easy games of the league but that's not the way anymore and we're lucky to get the win in the end so we flew back saturday night we didn't get back to dublin until about half two i'd say so um, Sunday is just your recovery day. Um, went for a swim in the sea down in Sea Point Saturday or Sunday morning, which is crazy choppy actually, choppiest I've ever seen, but it was a good crack. I'd do things like went up to Westwood for a swim, stretch, and stuff like that. Uh, with the game on Friday, you need to get that recovery in and do as much as you can to feel good on the Monday. Because obviously with usually a Saturday game, we'd have Monday, Tuesday as preparation. With a Friday game, it's just the Monday. So it's a tougher session than usual. So you want to be feeling better. So yeah, we had a tough enough session yesterday in the rain. Um, but yeah, it's good to get that under the belt leading into Friday. That that was our main session preparing for Friday now. So. so so now that we kind of have a an outline as to what your kind of normal week would be like in, in terms of the season, let's take it right back now for, for everyone who's listening to this from different parts of the world. And, and kind of how did you get into rugby in the first place? And tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, um, so I grew up in Mayo, uh, in Lacken, pretty rural part, about 20 minutes from Ballina. Um My parents moved down um, about two years before, or a year before my brother was born, who's two years older than me. Um, they're both from Dublin originally, um, so that's why the accent, <laughs> six years in Blackrock as well, I got rid of any of my accent, but... Uh, so yeah, I started playing at a pretty young age. My dad was in Blackrock as well, so he was massively into it. My uncles as well. Um, so I was kind of, the rugby world was always around from a young age. Um, my brother loved it as well. The two of us started playing in the club in Ballina. Uh, he was probably five or six, I'd say. I was probably about four. So we were both together in under eights. I think that was the lowest age group. So we'd go in every Saturday. It was just kind of a casual thing for fun. I was playing lots of Gaelic football, soccer as well. I remember one stage I'd train a session every single day of the week, whether it be, I actually played basketball as well on a Sunday, the two of us went in. Kept busy with sports and I didn't really, rugby was always number one, but I played all all sorts of different ones and loved all, all the different ones. Um, and then it, my brother went to King's Hospital, um, a boarding school in uh, near Leakslip. As I said, my dad was in Black Rock, but the fact that it was a co-ed school and slightly nearer to uh, to home meant Ryan went there. He he did two years there and enjoyed it to some extent. But when I was coming into first year, I was more rugby mad. So they decided to bring the two of us to Black Rock. So I started in first year in Rock. He started in third year and we were both boarded all the way up. And yeah, the level of rugby there is just crazy. Like in, in first year, 
you have 150 people just from first year training each day. Um, I think there, we had like eight teams or something and you're kind of not forced, but you're uh, encouraged to do it. Um, yeah. Then if you don't like it later on in the year, you can stop, but you are encouraged. And I kind of played early on in the year, kind of played Bs. Um, and then as the under 13s cup came along, I thankfully snuck into the team. One of the uh, second rounds at the time moved to the wing. Uh, so I, a spot opened up for me. Uh, we actually won that 13s cup as well um, down in Rockwell. Um, so tell people like BlackRock now is very much synonymous with winning in the Leinster Senior Cup. You, I think it's right that BlackRock have won more cups than everyone else combined. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're 69 now. Um, exactly. So yeah, uh, obviously massive history there. But um, I suppose Rock have been involved in the cup since the very start of it when yeah. there was only, uh, I don't know how many teams, but not as many as there is now. So it's probably slightly a bit of a misrepresentation but uh even yeah even lately they've still been very prominent in the cup um i was lucky enough to win one in 2014 as a fourth year and then 2015 2016 we didn't quite get there ross gray beat us um and then belvo in a replay in sixth year which was tough one but glad to have that cup in the back pocket from fourth year yeah and i suppose that's given you a great bedrock, really, of the ethos and the kind of work ethic that you need to put into to kick on for the next level. You like at what point, you know, you specialized in so many sports at a young age. You didn't specialize just in rugby. How did you, what? When was the time when you went? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna make it. I want to play for Leinster. And I want to play for Ireland. Like at what point? This is the sport for me. I can make it. Yeah, um, I can't really remember any exact point where I thought I want to be a professional rugby player. I kind of. As I said, rugby was always number one and I always loved it. And I kind of, in a way, I kind of saw myself being a player without kind of thinking oh, I'm going to be a professional rugby player, if that makes sense. But even at playing for the seniors in fourth year for Rock and winning the cup, it wasn't even then that I thought, OK, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I could make a career out of this. It's possibly a bit later on when we came together, uh, Leinster 18 schools, where there was kind of guys from other schools. And we had a match away from away over in Bedford Blues. And they did a kind of forward of the game and back of the game. And I got the forward of the game. And I kind of thought, oh, maybe maybe I'm quite good at this. Maybe there's a future in this for me. So it's probably that, if I was to pick a point, that would probably be it. But there isn't, yeah, there's no really standout moment. Okay. I might just ask you to then expand on the story from there and how you moved from BlackRock into Leinster Sub Academy and what's been a quite meteoric rise from then. So you can tell the listeners just about Leinster Sub Academy and on from there. Yeah, so the uh, Sub Academy in with Dave Fagan, I don't know if you've yeah, come across yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we were in, now they've got a lovely new centre of excellence. Uh, we didn't quite have those facilities. <laughs> we were in uh, Puerto Cabins, which is, in a way, it was kind of good because it was kind of, you'd be up at half six in for gym at seven with him in not the nicest of environments, uh, pushed hard. So it was probably make or break you in a way. And that went on for all of my first year out of school, along with kind of 20s camps interspersed here and there. And then we had the Six Nations, 26 Nations. What 20, age are you at this point? 19. 19. Um, yeah, yeah. 18, 19. Yes. So yeah, the 20s camps, uh, 26 Nations into the 20s World Cup, which was over in Georgia. Yes. Um, I did my syndesmosis just before that. So I was kind of rushing to get back in time for that. Hadn't played any games. 
and it was pretty humid, pretty hot over there. So my first game back, I was there was a few cobwebs to get rid of over there. It was blowing hard. But that was a cool experience. We were in Kutaisi, first of all, which is a pretty kind of rural area in Georgia. Yeah. Um, a little bit third worldy, but <laughs> it was a cool experience. Then we moved up to Tbilisi, uh, which is a bit more civilized and didn't didn't go too well in that tournament uh, as a team. I think we finished ninth. I think he's rocked by interviews on. Yeah, in yeah, definitely. Yeah, even before we went over, the likes of Jordan Armour missed out and then over there as well, picked up a lot of injuries. So yeah, then came back in after that into the academy. So I found out I was going to be going into the academy probably towards the end of that Six Nations. So it was nice, even having picked up that injury, I kind of knew whether or not I got back for the World Cup, I'd still be going into the academy after. Um, we had four or five weeks off after the World Cup and then yeah, into the academy, which is uh, got it. So up into UCD with all the big boys, it's a little bit uh, frightening at the start. Um, just guys you've looked up to since you know day one, like so Keane Healy, Johnny Sexton or whoever, and being in and around them. Um, it's pretty cool, but it's kind of, you're a little bit shell-shocked at the start. Yeah. So yeah, I, had, I was I was young for my year in school, so I came out as 18 or 19, so I had two years of 20s. Yeah. So that first year academy, I didn't have, I didn't have too much exposure with the seniors because of, uh, partly because of camps. Um, I was kind of kept with the academy by the 20s camps every now and again, the 26 nations, which I actually missed out on due to a hamstring injury. And yeah, so I came back from that hamstring injury in April 2018. I, I Mary, St. Mary's is my club, so I played my first 40 minutes with them, then played uh, semi-final with Leinster A, and then got my first Leinster senior cap uh, against Connacht. So it was a nice kind of rise after that injury, um, going from AIL to Leinster A to make my, get my debut, um, even though we got smashed by Connacht away. <laughs> um, and then had that 20s World Cup again after, um, where I was captain for that. Uh, we had Paul O'Connell over there as well, I was in France. Uh, so it was, it was obviously unreal having someone like him to learn off. Um, Again, injuries and whatnot. We didn't go too well on that one either, but uh, definitely a positive experience. So we had another break after that, then back in for my first year as a senior with Lancer. So I kind of had a shorter break, maybe, or sorry, not a shorter break, but a shorter period of kind of uh, athletic development, uh, whether it be fitness and gym and stuff like that. I was thrown back in for... Um, I think it was either the first or second preseason game against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get quite as much of a preseason last year as I did this year. Uh, hopefully um, that will stand to me a bit more this year now. But um, gosh, yeah, I, I ended up playing that first game of the season, uh, Cardiff away last year. Um, and it kind of shocked me the level of physicality and the quickness of the game. Um, so kind of took a bit of getting used to through a few games last year um but yeah I kind of exceeded my expectations for last year in playing I think 14 or 15 pro 14 games and then got on for even though it was just two minutes it was still cool in the semi-final of the Heineken Cup against Toulouse in the Aviva um so that was a pretty special two minutes um and then yeah as I said a long pre-season this year and that's taken us into the first game there last weekend What's it like being that that um, young successful player 
coming into an environment where you've got so many players that have won so much, Lions players, Irish players that have won Grand Slams, you know, you've mentioned Sexton, you mentioned Keane Healy, you've got guys there that have done it for a long time and you're coming in trying to put in your imprint and saying, I, I belong here. I've mm. I've proven over my road over the last four or five years that I my work has brought me to here. But how do you manage to kind of strike the balance between trying to show enough when you get the chance, but also not coming across as nearly arrogant mm. and going like, well, there's there's a couple of forwards that are also pretty handy in that back row. Yeah. Do I wait or do I actually need to show up every single day? Mm. Uh, I suppose it's probably let your rugby do the talking to the for the most part anyway um, whether it be on training just um, giving it your all in the training sessions or when you get the opportunity in games um, even whether it's for Leicester A or your Mary's my club or whatever um, just letting the rugby do the talking you don't need to be going into meetings and thinking you're big dick excuse my language <laughs> um, so yeah let the rugby do the talking to some extent and as as they kind of see you're capable on the pitch then they kind of have a bit more respect for you and then you can start voicing your opinion a bit more I suppose but uh, yeah yeah. so you like you came in with quite a good bit of experience going to Tbilisi going to you know France as the captain and things like that so you've already stood in a leadership role um, and then you're coming in as, as a novice basically in the, in the academy in that scene what's the biggest challenge is it mentally or is it physically that you take on as you mentioned it's the speed of the game but you also have to take on big mental challenges like in, ter- in ter- terms of preparing each morning of where do I position myself so what are my tactics is there a step up in that side of the game as well yeah just the level of professionalism from anything underage uh, to pre- like it is people's job it is a professional setup so that was probably the biggest thing that struck me just the attention to detail and every aspect of the game whether it be the GPS stuff, the gym stuff, every meter you run is measured, uh, every lift you do is recorded. So it's probably that aspect was the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. So there's another thing you mentioned as well about the just having these guys around, like Paul O'Connell mentioned these other guys that you've said, like Sexton and Keneally. Who was the biggest influence you had early on in the career? Was it a family member or was it an actual player that you played with or someone that you looked up to? Probably my dad, number one. As I said, he was in Blackrock. He loves the game yeah. and still does and would always kind of give me little bits and pieces here and there. Um, then as coaches, it would have been Peter Smith, who I had in Blackrock, fourth, fifth and sixth year. And then he moved to Leinster as academy manager. Um, so I had him for a year as academy manager. Uh, he's actually now the kind of IRFU academy manager, so he's moved on. But uh, he would have been massive as well. Um, and then Noel McNamara, who I had underage Leinster 18s, underage Ireland 18s, Ireland 20s, um, my second year. And yeah, both of them are very, very good coaches. What makes them different? What makes them special? For Peter Smith, it was probably just his kind of general understanding of the game of forwards play um, off the line out he's quite a good obviously academy manager he's a good good at managing players um, so I've built up quite a good relationship with him and be quite close with him uh, and then Noel McNamara his understanding of the game um, his level of detail in power plays in general phase play um, was yeah, that was the big thing for him I would say yeah, because we see a lot in the in the, sort of the top end of the game, coaches seem to move around as opposed to new coaches coming through a lot of the time. You see Gatlin moves around, mm. Schmidt will move around as well. And that sort of seems to be the, how it goes at club level as well. Now we've got 
Stuart obviously in with yourself, Lancaster in with Leinster, which is great. And do you think these, do they generally bring in something new each time? And do you notice that when you're going into a new setup? Is it that, you know, one may be more distant than a different coach? Or what do you find with the current Leinster squad now? Is that distant from you? Like, or are you right in there with Leo and stuff like that? Is it a man management source? System. Yeah, the setup they have at the minute between Leo, Stu, Stuart and uh, Felipe is incredible. And then we've got um, Robin McBride, there it is. Um, so yeah, I'm sure he'll add a lot as well. He's Ford's coach for Wales, so obviously a lot of experience with them over the last few years and he'll probably have some of Gatlin stuff as well. But um, Stuart does a lot of our on-field coaching, probably the vast majority of it majority of it um attack and defense leo would do a lot of kind of player managing and a lot of the forward stuff line out rook with the team that sort of stuff and then felipe's backs power plays and things like that so great mix between the three of them yeah it seems like it's a perfect sort of dynamism between freedom how they're interacting and how it seems to be running because leinster at the moment is the sort of benchmark for quality and values and stuff like that and like you're obviously learning a lot of these kind of analytical skills and the, and learning so much and absorbing from these coaches. Let's go back to, you said Treviso have come on a lot in the last three or four years. And we spoke to one of their coaches about a month ago. Like, How did Treviso come from where they were four or five years ago to now giving Leinster, you know, mm. perennial Champions Cup contenders a run for their money last week? Like, like what made Treviso all of a sudden in the last couple of years become a good team? Um, I'd say Conor Shea gone over there his kind of philosophy or what he tried to do was start from the ground up uh, with the clubs um, and put in good foundations for them try and get young guys coming up into their systems um, so I'd say that has contributed to some extent because Zebra have come up a lot as well uh, Teresa definitely more so but Zebra a good bit too then Kieran Crowley they've had now for a couple of years he's uh, from New Zealand so I'd say the way the, his philosophy uh, in attacking rugby has has also um, been part of that and they've had some good signings along with the Italian young Italian guys coming up they've the likes of Ian Keatley now um, Ian McKinley yeah Ian McKinley and then a couple of New Zealand wingers and um, Islander guys as well. So I'd say, yeah, Conor O'Shea's influence, Karen Crowley's influence, and then good signings as well. You know, we had a fellow called Owen McGregor come in and he, he said how he evolves and gets better as he finds the best guys in their best field and tries to learn from them. And that's kind of obviously what some of Treviso or what Leinster do so well. What sets Leinster apart is they've gone, they went, yeah, we're going to bring over an Englishman because he's going to help us because he's been there at the top in the World Cup. Hmm. You've you've done a lot on the pitch and you've excelled a lot. And obviously off the pitch, you've had to look after yourself. Big games. You, you came on for two minutes against Toulouse, okay? In the Aviva, right? And you've played, what, 14, 16 um, Pro 14 games last week. Do you ever get nervous or stressed or anxious? Or And if you do, how do you cope with it? Um, yeah, I wouldn't get too nervous before games. Uh, a little bit of nerves, um, kind of a couple hours before maybe. Not, I wouldn't have trouble sleeping the night before or things like that. But yeah, if I ever feel kind of a little bit anxious or overwhelmed, um, I'd probably do mindfulness maybe or talk to a friend or 
go for a swim, get some food, something like that, just kind of to take my mind off it. Um, my dad is a mindfulness-based psychotherapist, so he's always kind of been pushing the mindfulness side of things and just kind of to catch it early, to feel the emotion before you kind of attach a label, feel the sensation before you attach a label to it sort of thing. Um, by catching it early, you can kind of break it up then before it forms into a bigger thing. But yeah, in terms of games, I wouldn't wouldn't get too nervous before games usually. I'd like to just change tact a little bit as we're getting to the real heart of this. You, you've been a captain for Ireland, under 20s. For you, what makes a good captain, Keelan? Um, I think leadership is pretty individual. Um, I think, firstly, you've got to be performing. Um, you've got to earn the respect of the players through your performances. Um, as they say, walk the walk, don't talk the talk sort of thing. So if you're just constantly telling people what to do, um, talking the big game, but you're not performing, then it's going to be worthless to some extent. So I think, as I said, going into Leinster, you want to earn your respect through your performances on the field. It's the same with being a captain. So um, even even though you're responsible to some extent for the team, I think you've got to look after your own performances, number one. Yeah, so just what I'd like to go back to is you mentioned you're talking about nervousness and things like that. So a bit more on, on the mindset of you had obviously the syndesmotic injury, you had the hamstring injury, a crucial time sort of in your development as a rugby player and career as a rugby player to whether you want to make it or not sort of at that sort of stage. You're after doing well in your 20s and now you're coming back to the academy. How do you reframe your mind and thinking about, okay, I need to get through my rehab here, I need to get set to get to a level to perform at academy level or senior level now. Yeah. What sort of aspects do you use, strategies do you use for that sort of mm. reframing? Um, yeah, the the medical staff in Leinster are great for that. You kind of have weekly meetings to set out a sort of plan for each week where what areas you can improve, uh, that sort of like what skills or... So we've got the likes of athletic development um, with that hamstring injury, I was going to be out for three weeks. So I had an opportunity to put on a bit of size um, then sort of from the skills point of view, um, things like offloads, you just maybe scrum half pass off the base or control at the back of the scrum, things that you wouldn't usually put too much focus into when you're not injured, when you're on the usual yeah. senior schedule. Um, so those kind of little bits you can give more time to when you're injured. Um, and then I also had things outside of rugby like college and different kind of social events and stuff, which they'd encourage you to kind of put more time into as well. Excellent. So keep the values of Leinster and mm. get involved. It's very good. Yeah. Um, we know the guys over there, Fergal, Karen, and Darren mm. do great jobs over yeah. there. Yeah, like yeah. That, so. two good men. Yeah, Fergal yeah. looks after me. Oh, fair. Yeah. yeah, great man. Great <laughs> yeah. Yeah. World Rugby just phoned us. Did you get that phone call, did you? I got the, the voice message all right, yeah. You're going you're gonna to ask this man? Yeah, so they said, they said they're scrapping the 15 aside. They're going for three aside. And they want you to be a coach, right? So you're going to pick three players yeah. from past or present that either are your idols or that you've played with. And they want to pick one forward, one nine or ten, and one back. Who's your best three? Oof. Um, yeah. I go... Doris's team. Yeah. <laughs> I got Kieran Reid as my forward. Um, you expected that one, that's Yeah. As my back, um, Brian O'Driscoll. Uh, and my nine or ten. Say wrong, I'm going to have a day. Nah, Johnny Sexton. Contentious answer. Dan Carter. Sexton or Carter. DC. 
couple of quick fire questions for you, Keenan. We're nearly there. I want to ask you, do you have a favourite book? Yeah, probably Bounce. Uh, I think Matthew's Matthew side, yeah. Um, that was probably one of the first sort of personal development or self-help kind of um, books I read, which encouraged the growth mindset. Um, so I probably read that when I was maybe 15 or 16. Um, and that was probably what sparked um, my growth mindset and seeing how how uh, sort of talent can be made, I guess, through hard work rather than it being an innate thing you're born with, uh, putting in the hours and putting in the practice and you'll reap the rewards through that. I was now going to ask what your favourite quote is, but <laughs> we're not too far off. Um, if, you, if you could give us your favourite quote. Um, From the ground up. Yeah. <laughs> favourite quote? Um I suppose just have belief in yourself, not really a quote, but more of a message. That's your message. It is, yeah, yeah. It's your quote now. <laughs> if you could give yourself a, a life lesson, if you could roll back 10 years ago and say, I'm going to start doing a bit more of this, or I'm going to do this, or this is why this is important, what life lesson would you give a younger self? It's tough, maybe ask me in 10 years' time. <laughs> I'm not too old yet. Um, a, a thing I hear people saying, uh, at the end of their careers is just I wish I had enjoyed it all um, so that's something I'm trying to implement and just uh, at the end of the day it is a game and it's I'm lucky enough to be able to do it as my job as my career so yeah just enjoy it I'm, I'm seeing how sort of your first year or two out of school it seems in a way like more of a sacrifice when your mates are kind of in college out a couple of times a week and you're in getting up, as I said, for uh, sub-academy training, getting up at half six. <laughs> but now on the flip side, I'm seeing a couple of years later, my friends are finishing college. They're starting their nine to five jobs or they're starting the masters. And now I'm seeing how lucky I am to be in this position. Um, so yeah, enjoy it. You're very much the epitome of high performance. We'd like you to answer, what does high performance mean to you? Which is tough to sum up in one sentence or one phrase, but um, probably just striving to reach your potential and to get better and reach your potential, yeah. And I have one for you there. So you mentioned that you exceeded your expectations last season. What are your goals for this season? Um, yeah, so I'd like to have more of an involvement in the Handen Cup and in the knockout stages. Please God, we get there of the Pro 14 as well. So obviously, how do I get there? By performing in whatever opportunity I get in these league games um, and putting my kind of best foot forward. Um, owning the jersey is kind of the theme we've given to this block while all the uh, World Cup players are away. Uh, so making it as hard as possible for those guys to take the jerseys back when they come um, and putting in good performances, which can hopefully uh, stand to me when selection comes around for those uh, bigger games and then where's this career going where do we see Keelan Doris's name in 10 years <laughs> uh, obviously the ultimate goal is to play for Ireland um, and to play regularly to be a, a starter um, in the big games as well and to uh, perform well and to reach my potential I guess yeah a pretty good legacy isn't it yeah we're gonna ask one final question i'm gonna take it from my friend paddy lynch you had your two minutes you had your little bit of that to lose game huge moment for you if you could pick you had headphones in airpods in and you could have your walk-on song to come on for those couple of minutes what's keen darcy's walk-on song a bit of fame 
Um, lads always give me a bit of stick for this. My taste in music is, I actually don't really have, it's non-existent basically. I listen to anything and everything. Um, but, but the song I've actually listened to quite a bit recently is uh, Billy Joel, um, We Didn't Start the Fire, I think the name Brilliant. is. So uh, I'll go for that one, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Kinars, we've really enjoyed it today. Myself and Kieran, really grateful that you came in today. We, we've learned a lot and we're both wishing you all the best moving forward in your rugby career. Please stay fit and stay healthy. And thanks so much again for coming in today. Thanks very much. Enjoy it. Cheers, lads. <laughs>